Bruce Springsteen had a very simple quote, which I love. Nobody wins until everybody wins. And that is the world that I want to help create where there is abundance for everybody and not just a zero-sum game where some people win and other people are pained losers. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help consultants, coaches, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build their businesses after long careers as employees. We believe you should be able to do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Kahn. Today on Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with the founder and chief opportunity officer of Opportunity Lab, Mark Monchek. In today's episode, you'll learn how you can find the resources for exponential opportunity. Stay with us to hear all the details. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smashing the Plateau community can help you build your business through live events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more resources. Speak to me or one of our community members to learn more. You can schedule a quick conversation at smashingtheplateau.com slash 15. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash 15. Or go to our website, smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome back Mark Monchek. Mark is the founder and chief opportunity officer of Opportunity Lab, a strategy and facilitation consultancy helping mission-driven organizations grow thriving, resilient businesses that create abundance for everyone they touch. He's the author of the Amazon nonfiction bestseller, Culture of Opportunity, How to Grow Your Business in an Age of Disruption. Mark, welcome back to the show. Thank you, David. So happy to be here. It's great to have you on again. The last time you were on Smashing the Plateau, which was in the fall of 2021, we discussed why respect, collaboration, and communication drive post-COVID success. So we're now another year into COVID or maybe getting somewhat past COVID. What's been happening in your world since then? I like to call this episode um, Reforming the Plateau because I think we certainly have smashed it multiple times. And now like, like, what is it actually happening right now? So I've been really thinking a lot about this great reawakening. You know, people have called uh, this period the great resignation. We've heard a lot about quiet quitting. You know, we hear about, you know, the massive disruption. You know, my book came out in 2017 when I thought disruption was really dramatic. And now it's just been disruption exponentially. So to me, David, I'm thinking about what is the actual reality of the, the people that listen to your podcast, you know, the coaches, the consultants, the entrepreneurs, small businesses. And I love that our episode today to talk about what is the, the way we think about our business may be so different than what we thought about it before COVID happened. You know, in the early March of 2020, there were certain things we held sacred. People go to work every day or almost every day in a building, in a physical building. And the social contract between the employer and the employee has very, very definitive things that the employee must do to get a paycheck. A lot of those things have dramatically changed since we talked even last year. Right. So one of the ways I look at it is I think employees are in the past have been compensated in large part based on input 
you get paid, like you said, you, you show up in a physical space for a certain number of hours per day or per week. And that is often a lot of the basis of compensation. Yes, there are performance guidelines and you're, you're expected to be able to create certain outputs and outcomes for the employer, but it is, it's very input-based. Whereas for consultants, you get paid primarily based on the outcomes that you produce for your clients. And I think the line between the two has been blurred somewhat over the last two and a half years. Oh, absolutely been, been blurred. And uh, I think now employees who I think of as free agents, I think every employee in a knowledge worker uh, you know, sphere is much more like a free agent than uh, somebody who's an employee who clocks in and clocks out and gets paid for their time. I think coaches and consultants, while theoretically they get paid for their results, they actually do often build time and they actually somehow think that they have to work a certain amount of time to get paid for that result. So I think even for coaches and consultants, which I think is your audience, it also requires us to rethink the idea of what we're actually offering to our, our clients. Yeah, very much so. And you know, one of the things that I talk about to coaches and consultants is how important it is to focus your pricing and your agreements with your clients based on the value that you create rather than based on your input. Because I've yet to meet a client that's really concerned about a consultant or coach's input into the relationship. Yeah, exactly. And also, David, you know, with the community that you've created at Smashing the Plateau, you have access, you as one of your members have access to dozens and dozens of people. And if you think about the networks of all your members, literally millions of people, just three degrees of separation from your direct members. So as a coach and consultant, you're thinking about, I'm not just offering what I can do. I actually have a network of people who I know directly or I know indirectly that can offer a whole nother level of value to clients. Right. So let's let's talk a little bit about that value, because I know that is an area of your specialty. First of all, how do you how do you recommend consultants and coaches think about the resources that they can tap into through their networks and how they can leverage those resources in the value that they provide through their work? Yeah, David, this goes back to this whole concept of the growth mindset, you know, versus the fixed mindset. And I know we all like to think that uh, we have a growth mindset, and you know, we probably do to a certain extent. However, I think when we think about the resources we have, we start to think about the people we know directly or the things that we have ourselves have done directly. But if you really think about how many people are in our extended network, three degrees of separation from us, it is quite vast. And in order to actually do that, you have to go from this scarcity mindset to this abundance mindset, which is way more difficult to do than we think. Because from the time that we are taught in school that everything is a zero sum game. So if you get an A, somebody else gets a B, somebody else gets a C, and there's a very limited number of spots at a university or in a sports team or in whatever these external results that our children are taught be, right? But in the abundance mindset, there literally is an unlimited amount of resources once you are aware that they actually exist and that you can access them. Right. So the mindset comes first. Mindset comes first. Yes. And if you're able to create this abundant mindset, what do you need to do next if you're going to be able to understand what those resources are, where they are, 
and how you might tap into the value of those resources for your business? Well, let me just give everybody a, a little bit of a mind exercise to help actually us concretize the fact that we have these vast and abundant resources. Because it, it sounds great, but how do you actually think about it? So in LinkedIn, I think probably most of your audience and most of your members use LinkedIn pretty significantly as a, as a major tool and platform to access resources. So if you have, let's say hypothetically, you have 3,000 direct connections on LinkedIn, which is not unusual for people who've been in business for 20, 25 years, how many people could you access three degrees of separation from you? So let's say you sent out an email to your 3,000 connections and said, I am looking for a specific kind of person in a specific kind of industry in a specific kind of place. Would you help me do that? So theoretically, of course, not all of your 3,000 will link to their networks and their networks, but theoretically, if they all did that, if they all took up your request, how many people would you be able to reach? Just take a guess. Well, it's, it's uh, 3,000. If each person has 3,000, 3,000 times 3,000 times 3,000. So yeah, everybody doesn't have 3,000, but you know, people who have 3,000, you know, like myself, have connections who have a fair amount of connections. So it's somewhere in the, in the vicinity of about 15 million people. Right. And there is an algorithm on LinkedIn, which LinkedIn used to make very easy to find. It's now not so easy to find. I don't know why, but you can actually find it. So this is something that blew my mind when I actually realized how many people are just three degrees of separation from you. And you begin to realize this when you're active in groups like yours, you go to conferences, you're around like minded people, you start to find out how many people that you know, somebody that you didn't even know you knew that you run into knows. Right. So that's kind of the ground that you live in to get to that uh, growth mindset when it comes to you know relationships. The second part of it is the whole generosity mindset, which really is critical to actually having an abundance mindset. So when you know I'm in business and I'm meeting people, the first thing I ask them, which I know I've asked you many times and you've asked me many times because I think both of us share that generosity mindset is, what can I do to support your business? And it's often a question people like, wow, you just met me, you spent an hour with me, you want to help my business. And why do I want to do that? Because if you're going to help me, I want us to be able to be in some sort of a generosity relationship, not just asking for something and then never giving it back. Once people get a sense that you actually care about them and want to help them, that triggers off their wish to want to help you. Yeah, there's a, a great saying, I don't know, you know, the common saying is people do business with people they know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. And there's an added component to this, which ties into what you just described, which is people do business with people they know, like, trust, and who care about them. Yeah. And typically, that's people we meet in a setting where we get to talk to them, maybe people who I would might meet on your podcast. I know you've introduced me to many, many podcasts hosts that I've had great relationships with, but it could even happen in the spur of the moment where you meet somebody, you think it's a random connection. I'll give you an example. Last Friday, I was in Brooklyn to buy a used bike. I was riding back, uh, going over the Manhattan Bridge. I'm stopped at a light and a woman on a bike next to me says, your backpack is open. And I said, oh, I didn't know that. She says, would you like me to close it? I said, sure. So she closes the backpack. I was so thankful, first of all, that I didn't something didn't fall out, that she was so nice to recognize it, and then to close it, we ended up having a discussion. So it turns out that she is a professor of social work at Meg 
Edgar Evers College, which is part of the City University of New York system. I used to be a social worker for 20 years. I use a lot of my social work education in how I operate in business. So this is a conversation, David, that we're having at a stop sign before we enter the Manhattan Bridge. So at the end of it, I gave her my business card and I said, look, I'd be happy to, you know, do some guest lecturing. I do a lot of guest lectures. Oh, you know, we have an internship program where some of the interns might be loving to work at your business. So there's a possibility we could end up with some interns and I could end up doing some guest teaching just from that split second, her asking me if I wanted some help. Yeah, it's a great, a great example and a great story. So what can, what can consultants and coaches do to help them get into the framework of a generosity mindset? Well, when you think about, and this is something you could do really as a kind of visualization exercise, if you close your eyes and you imagine and think about the biggest successes that you've had in your life, the situations where you absolutely needed help from somebody and think about the people who helped you and the fact that some of those people you didn't even know before they helped you. Once you start doing that and these people come to the screen of your mind, there is a chemical reaction in the brain you know, that gives off oxytocin, which is that, we call that the, you know, the love hormone, serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter. All this chemical activity happens when we actually have this sense of gratitude. And so when you see how many people have helped you, that makes you want to then help them. And you probably could do the same thing for all the people that you have helped, right? So it's a, it's a constant sense of gratitude. And that gratitude really is what drives this ability to want to give back. And then, of course, you, you want to be open because you're in that virtuous circle, not the vicious cycle of I don't have enough. Yeah. Are there, are there exercises like that that you do? regularly that help you with your mindset? Yeah, absolutely. We have a program which is in, in my book, Culture of Opportunity, How to Grow Your Business in Age of Disruption, which is called Unlock Your Network. And within Unlock Your Network, we have a resource map, which is actually a digital map of the different resources that you have. So in the exercise, we ask somebody to focus on what is the goal that you want to build this resource ecosystem around? Get them very, very clear on the goal, very clear on the results. And then we ask them in this exercise, which we do virtually, we do it in person. We also could do it via uh, filling out one of the digital forms that we have. So audience, close your eyes right now, focus quickly on a goal, and imagine who are the people, three categories, experts, connectors, and accelerators, who you most need to help you with that particular goal. Think about the organizations, right, which could be corporations, universities, foundations, community organizations, professional associations, who you need to help. Think about the sources of capital you need. Think about the knowledge that you need and think about the communication that you need. Those areas are part of the ecosystem of resources. And when you start getting to that habit of doing that, and we'd be happy to help you, you know, contact us, we can give you some suggestions, specifically some tools, you start to see your resources as an ecosystem, as a network, as often very, very connected. Are there examples of consultants, coaches, and small businesses that you can share of how they've, how they've leveraged their resources this way? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to give you the one that really rang the bell for me, David. This was about, uh, about 11 years ago, we were working with a nonprofit whose mission was to help 
people who did not know how to read, who, who were not functionally literate, whether it be in reading or in math, and they wanted to put on a national summit about adult illiteracy to help them get their brand out there and help establish an actual certification for educators of adults. So teachers, right, all have certifications. It's required by the state that you teach in. Adult educators do not. And, you know, there's a huge opportunity for that, which we help this client with, right? So we asked them to put together, we developed a resource map for them to help put together this national summit. So in this resource map, they had 17 people, 26 organizations, five markets that they operated in, three sources of capital, abundant knowledge, abundant communication, but only three sources of capital. So we did this small exercise with a handful of people, a couple of board members, a couple of staff members. Then we said, all right, this is not enough to do what you want to do. Let's open it up. Let's bring in all the board members, all the staff members, and let's put a burning platform question to help really stimulate people's imaginations. What would you do? Who would you contact if you had three months to raise $3 million? And if you couldn't do it, you're out of business. So obviously, this was a provocative you know, kind of burning platform question. Suddenly, David, we had 26 new sources of capital come on the resource map, three of them with the last name of Soros, as in George Soros and his two children, all who have very, very well-to-do foundations. People started screaming, who knows George Soros? Who knows all these people? How come nobody said anything? You could hear a pin drop, David. The woman in the back, who was very quiet, said, I know George Soros and I know some of these people. Why didn't you say anything? Nobody ever asked me. This is a company, this is a nonprofit organization with 15 people. This woman sat literally 20 feet from the director of development, but there was never any mechanism to actually share these resources. So what happened? We did launch the first ever National Summit of Adult Illiteracy. We had resources from Harvard, we had a filmmaker from CNN who made a film about this. Uh, we had some entrepreneurs and they raised money and they actually did this event and they built a brand around it and they got to the next level of their development as a result of a tool that we developed. And that was the moment when I realized there are an unlimited resources we're not tapping into because of the mindset. And also there isn't a mechanism to do it. Right. So can you go a little deeper in, in um, your own realization of the potential from this exercise? So it made me understand that every organization, no matter how small, no matter how seemingly under-resourced, has the resources they need to get to where they wanna go. And you have to shift the mindset, number one. You have to have a mechanism, which is what we do in Unlock Your uh, Network. Now we call it Unlock Your Resources. And you have to have the ability to then follow up on the resources that start coming to you, which is that generosity, you know, mindset where you're actually supporting the people who are helping you and people who are helping you, you're able to actually do something with it and you're actually following up on those things that they are giving you help with. So Mark, this may be somewhat of a loaded question, but in your work, since you have the tools to be able to unlock these resources and see enormous potential and see great abundance, given the own size and scope of your business, where do you see your potential in being being able to leverage these tools? And what are your thoughts about where you can go with this in the future? That's a great question. And loaded question, difficult question. Yeah. So we have been developing some digital online tools to teach 
this methodology and this mindset, which does not require me personally to be involved in every time we offer something. And that was a big mindset shift for me because I was always thought, well, it's got to be me. I've got to be there and I've got to be there in a particular point in time. We then leveraged our staff. And so I would say our staff, we have five people in our uh, organization. A lot of them do things that I never thought somebody else could do, but they do it not only well, but in some cases better than me, right? In some cases, we've actually gotten our clients to do things that we were doing for them which also creates a higher level of value for them and, of course, more time for us. So our next path is really designing this resource map so it it is more functional, more accessible, bring in more resources. We're developing a new program called Embrace the Future That's Already Here, which is really around the whole idea of presencing, that there's there's a future that you can actually co-create once you have that higher level of mindset and consciousness, which we've talked a little bit about today. Are there any resources that you're looking for that you might like to share that maybe somebody who's listening has access to them? Yeah, so we are looking for relationships with people who have online networks that offer courses, digital courses, live or recorded courses, or communities like yours who want this kind of content, want this kind of program. Uh, that we think we can offer a great partnership with some of the things that we have developed over the years and our knowledge of the coaches and consultants community, which is your community, but also uh, we work with a lot of entrepreneurs and uh, privately held small and mid-market companies, which is our kind of sweet spot in the the consulting realm. Sounds great. I'm glad that we shared that. Is there anything I haven't asked you, Mark, that you want to share before we close out? Yeah, so I'll ask the question of myself and I'll try to answer it. Maybe you can also answer it too. What is the, the most important shift that coaches and consultants and entrepreneurs have to make? And that is the shift of consciousness. This next decade going forward is really not about profits. It's not about material impact. It's around shifting your consciousness so you can actually have profits with purpose. You can actually have profits that are sustainable. You can actually have an impact that truly makes the world a a better place. You know, Bruce Springsteen had a very simple quote, which I love, nobody wins until everybody wins. And that is the world that I wanna help create where there is abundance for everybody and not just a zero sum game where some people win and other people are pained losers. Love it. If somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today, access some of these resources that you've talked about or get in touch with you, where would be the best place to go? If you go to our website, oplab.com, that's O-P-P-L-A-B.com, you can sign up for our newsletter. We have a uh, monthly community group, which we have called Opportunity Community. You can sign up for that. That's also free. Uh, a lot of the podcasts, including my previous appearances on yours, are on there. And you can contact us directly through an email, discover at oplab.com. Mark, I want to thank you so much for coming back and sharing what you've been up to and some great insights on Smashing the Plateau today. My guest has been the founder and chief opportunity officer of Opportunity Lab, Mark Monchek. Thank you again, Mark, for joining us. David, thank you. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. On today's episode with Mark Monchek, we learned how you can find the resources for exponential opportunity. Are you building a community? Check out Circle, the all-in-one community platform for creators and brands 
Bring together engaging discussions, members, live streams, chat, events, and memberships, all in one place, all under your own brand. Circle is the platform we use in the Smashing the Plateau community. I love the way Circle puts your people, discussions, and content all in one place. Get a free 14-day trial of Circle at smashingtheplateau.com slash circle. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash circle. I'm David Schreiner-Khan. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.